Welcome back, everyone, to the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, John McDonald, that is me, and, as always, my very good friend, Kyron Morrison. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. 2017 is off to a good start. It's, off, it's pretty good so far. Doing pretty well, having a good time. Can't complain. Pretty packed, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots on. Lots on over there. That that can be for, like, our future piles of shame, which will oh. be on top of my pile of shame I still have from last year. Oh, yeah, I'm slightly working my way through things, but, you know, new things are coming out and it's not yeah. helping. No, it's not, it's not. It's not helping at all. Oh no! Oh no! It's been a it's been a busy week in the in the the games industry for one particular reason, which we covered a lot of in our last episode. Um, and there is some more stuff, but we will talk about that later. But in the meantime, shall we uh, talk about what we've been playing? Sure thing, Joel. Do you want to start off, or do you want me to? to... Oh. I I haven't got much to talk about. Ah, oh, well, I'll kick it off. I'll jump into it then. I'm feeling pretty pretty ready to go. Well then, take us take us on an adventure. Awesome. Use your words. <laughs> use my words. I will try and use my words good. Mm. Um, so I, I've been playing a little bit more Battlefront in the last week. Um, I finally dipped into the the Scarif, like Rogue One Scarif, and the Death Star expansions. I actually played all four of the expansions this week because I don't, I can't find the Battle of Jakku one anywhere. I don't know where it is. It's there somewhere. Um, if anyone knows where it is, just tell me, please, because I really <laughs> want to play through that one. Um, Spoiler tags, it's it's okay. Yep. No, it's, 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 no, it's not great, but it's okay. But, okay, so Outer Rim, okay. Bespin, pretty cool. Scarif and the Death Star expansions, fucking unreal. Those are so much fun. Um, unfortunately, I only got to play as the... Rebel, as the, uh, as the uh, Imperials on the Death Star, so I didn't get sweet. I know, right? I fucking I was like, come on, give me the give me the rebels. I want to be the rebels for this one. But uh unfortunately no, so I have to be fucking lame ass in my fucking tie interceptor for the final battle. Lame. Um, but it's cool the way they do the DLCs, like well the those two DLCs in particular, it's it's almost like a it's a playlist of stuff, but it goes in order, so it's like a, a mini story almost. So no cutscenes or anything like that, but basically you know, you start off in the Death Star and you're stopping them from, like, trying to get R2-D2 out and then uh, as the Rebels, as the um, the Imperials, obviously. I don't remember R2-D2 stop... being in the Death Star. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't... I mean, he was in there earlier, but I'm pretty sure, like, prior to the Death Star trench run, he was he was pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it might take place over, like, a few... I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, know the, I don't know the details of it. But anyway, they're trying to get R2-D2 out. It's basically like, it, you know, a, it, it's a droid run mission. I never um, played that game mode. It just didn't interest me. It's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, it works well. And it's good in these playlists because it's kind of like, all right, you play one game mode, then you play a different game mode. And then, so then you do that. Then you go out and you do a little bit of, like, you know, Fighter Squadron where you fly around a little bit. And then you go back in, and I think it's just like a um, like a basic straight-up deathmatch. And then you go up again for the final battle in space. Um, and, yeah, spoiler alert, the Rebels won. So no, my, my match was my match was canon and uh yeah but it's cool though like because when it happens obviously um you get to see like the cool thing where like they you know shoot the lasers and it goes down to the fucking exhaust port and yeah. then it does like the the wide shot of like the death star exploding and um that's really cool i was like authenticity. all right pardon authenticity yeah exactly it was it was awesome like i was like okay that's pretty fun um even though i lost but uh 
the Scarif one is really cool. I've played both sides of that now. So basically, you are the first part is is a fighter squadron where you basically as the rebels you're trying to get the U wings into like through the um the shield gate, mm-hmm. and um, obviously as the Imperials you're trying to stop that from happening. So every now and then, like someone like two or three people on your team will get chosen to fly a, a U wing. And then they have to try and get as far as they can with everyone else protecting them, getting them, getting into the shield gate. Um, I got selected as a, a as a U-wing fighter, a, a, a pilot at one point, um, and it's very much like when Anna powers you up <laughs> in Overwatch because Panic. you're not expecting it, and it's super super stressful. Um, I lasted about like, thirty seconds. Like when that pressure is placed on you. <laughs> Yep, and like when you have no, because like what happens is like I was just flying along, flying along, flying along, and then I got like star white basically, like you know, and I was like, what, what? And then it was like you've been selected. I was like, oh god, oh, oh no. god, I'm flying a Y wing, a U wing. Oh god, what am I doing? Holy shit! And then yeah, <laughs> and then thirty seconds later, I was in pieces, floating well, that's through space. Fine. Then you get to go be an X wing again. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Um, but then yeah, so basically, what happens then is at certain points, if if the U wing gets there. Um, it triggers a cutscene where you see them all flying through, and then a couple of X wings fly through, and then that poor one X wing that doesn't make it through gets exploded on the and like skim like skids along it. <laughs> you don't get to see that that it's, oh, it's like a really? wide shot, but you just see it like you see like U wing go through X wing X wing X wing, and then just as it closes, you see X wing bang, and you're like, oh god, oh no. Man, I um, really love that that space battle at the end of Rogue oh. One. It's, it's probably so my favorite good. space battle in Star Wars. So good. I love unfortunately, it so there's much. unfortunately there's no uh, hammerhead corvettes. Oh, really? Oh. I don't think so. Not that I've seen. I wish there was though. Because see, that's what they should select you for, not for you wing. Like, select you to be a hammerhead to well, it, run into that star destroyer. This is the first part, and I don't like if they put in if they were to put in like another fighter squadron part later on, maybe mm. like technically. Um, but then you go down onto the map, and um, basically you've got to set the charges to cause the distraction. So you do that. Um, oh, by the way, this is super spoilers for the end of Rogue One. Um, yeah, it's, it's been out way, for like... But for it's like been out month. long enough now. Um, it's not super spoilers in terms of like specific characters, but basically, yeah, you know, you're setting the charges. And if you do that right, then it um, you've got to try and um, get the data, the data packs to uh, the extraction point. So you've got to try and get those plans or like whatever the data packs were. So they take a little bit of liberties with the story, obviously, but it honestly felt like I was in Rogue One. Like it, it made me feel like the same sort of like stress and, and tense and pressure that um, I felt like those characters were going through in those particular moments in the movie. So here's the thing, like, that's what I really liked about Battlefront. And I I think a lot of people were saying it when it came out last year, like, it was just, you were in Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. I I spoke briefly about it last week, like, whenever you see Darth Vader, but I think, like, the biggest moment for me was probably on Walker Assault on Hoff, is where it it really hit me, where I was just like, that that AT-AT is quite large. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you see its head turn towards you yeah. and just blow you up. You're like, oh. As you do like a backflip and die. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's the cool thing about the, the Scarif map as well. When you're on the ground, um, the vehicles that you can call in from like the, the power-ups you get, you get to be in one of the U-wings. Uh, I haven't yet, but I've been blown up many a time by them. So um, do the U-wings, I mean, I don't know how, because it's, it's only 24 players on Battlefront, isn't it? I think. 
there the Walker Assault in certain game modes a forty player, but yeah, I oh that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, it's forty players. I'm pretty sure it's forty players, but then some modes are I think, only like I think Dogfight's twenty four. Yeah, yeah. I think the Rogue One like playlist is twenty four. Okay, so um, I, was, I was gonna say, I wonder if like I was gonna ask if the U wings also act as like troop transports, like they're doing Rogue One or. No, I see. I don't think they act as troop transports, but I, and I don't know whether, as a, like a U-wing pilot, whether or not you actually are a pilot or whether you hang out the side of it. Oh, okay. On guns, I don't know yet because I haven't had a chance to get in one. Um, unfortunately, uh, the other thing about Battlefront in general that I really like is that I noticed about that they've taken it. They've like, like been really thoughtful in the way that they use the hero power ups in ways that they're only specific to certain maps, essentially. So if you're playing the Rogue One playlist, you're only going to get... You're only going to encounter, like, Jin or Krennic. Uh, if you're playing, say, Bespin, you'll see Lando, you'll see Chewie, you'll see Han, um, and all those sort of things like that. So they're all specific to the types of maps that they're on, and I really like that little bit of detail. So it's like, this actually kind of makes sense for these characters to be here. So it's not like you're playing, like, on the Death Star and then there's Jyn Ursa walking around. And you're like, this, well, okay, all right, paradox time. I mean, um, if nothing, like, DICE was careful with that. They always are careful with that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But, it, I, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got to be feeling the pressure when you're making a fucking Star Wars game as well. Like, um, But, yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's just it's a really fun game. I keep finding myself dipping back into it every now and then. Um. I haven't played it for a couple of days, but I'm yeah, I'm I'm planning to probably not over the weekend because I'm going back to Benigo, but um next week I'm definitely gonna dip back into it again. Uh, it's just such a really fun fun shooter experience. I actually had when you were saying about like the Darth Vader moment, I had like a again super spoilers for the end of Rogue One. Um, I had a moment that was like that scene from Rogue One, like the final scene. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It wasn't is, on... Is Darth Vader, like, a hero that can pop up? Yes, you can play as, you can play as okay, him. Okay, cool. Yeah, so cool. he's a he's one of the hero power-ups for the for the Imperials. Um, and so, yeah, I was walking through a map. I think I was on... I think it was in, uh, like, Outer Rim in Jabba's Palace. Um, and I came around a corner, and it was like a corridor, like, staircase, like, <laughs> like a spiral staircase. And he just sort of saw me, turned around and saw me there. And then his lightsaber just went, and I was like, ah, no, I just ran backwards out of the room. Um, Battlefront yeah. captures the horror of seeing Darth Vader. And you're just like, oh, God, I've yeah. got to get out of here. I'm not going to oh. be able to, but I've got to try. It also captures the horror of not seeing Lando Calrissian when he uses his <laughs> fucking stupid sniper shot. Um, <laughs> fucking gets you from across the map with one hit. Fucking bullshit OP motherfucker. Um, anyway. Oh, Kyron, I didn't tell you last week either that I got to fly. I got to fly Slave 1 at one point. <laughs> and I was so happy. It was probably the happiest I've been playing that game, which is impressive. Um, I but, The Slave 1 and the Millennium Falcon are my least favorite part about the dogfights. Oh, yeah. Unless I haven't tried the Millennium them, Falcon yet. Like, if you're in them, I guess it's fine. But like, oh, if yeah. you are like a grunt ship, you, oh, may yeah. well, you may as well just go crash into a mountain because you're going to get shot out of the sky because those things oh, have like yeah. 6 million HP. Yeah, oh yeah, they they are, they are super tanks. But getting to fly slave on was awesome, and like I spawned into it, and it was just like I just said, "I'll make short work of them." 
And I was like, yes. I think you yes. mean he's no good to me, did. <laughs> I, he didn't say that, unfortunately. I'm so oh, sad. Unfortunately, that's, that's canon Boba Fett, Joel. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, we all saw the prequels. Mm. We know the origin story of Boba Fett. Fucking, of course we do. But, yeah, Battlefront's really good. It's still on sale for, like, another... Uh, probably won't be by the time this goes No, out, so, I would say... Um, <laughs> so too you bad! Can you can pick it up really cheap, anyway. It's it's worth it. If, you're, if you've been, like, vaguely interested in, like, checking it out, um, I highly recommend you do, because it's so much fun. I mean, I so would guarantee fun. there'll be, a, like, an Ultimate Edition coming up in a few months, no doubt, with all the DLC bundled in. Well, that's the one I bought. Yeah, well, that'll be, like... Like, that'll mm. probably be more readily available and probably a oh, bit cheaper. Yeah. Especially yep. heading into yeah. E3 when we'll probably hear about Battlefront 2. Mm, absolutely. Um, but moving on, uh, other games that I've played. Uh, I don't think I've spoken about this game before, but I've played it very extensively um, since I first purchased it. This is a game called Nuclear Throne. Um, it's, surprise, surprise for Joel, a top-down twin-stick roguelike shooter. Um, so, you know, something new and original for something for me to play. Um, but it's really good. It's, it's super fucking hard. Uh, I haven't actually finished, like, I haven't made a full run yet of the game because I get, like, halfway through and I either I die because it's really hard or the game locks up um, because I should also note that I've been playing it on Vita. Yeah. So the game is, uh, it's all right for the most part, but there are some points where it does not run well. There's one boss fight in particular that every time you need to be out of the way of it because it explodes and it's a really big explosion and it drops to no joke about two frames a second until the explosion finishes. And it's just like, if you're in the way of it, there's no way you're moving out of that explosion. You're dead. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't made it all the way through. I think I really need to download it on my um on my PS4 and try it on there as well, so I can actually have like a try and get a clear run through the game. Well, I imagine um, it wouldn't lock up on PS4. No, but the only problem is it's not cross save, so really? all the characters are unlocked. Really strange. Yeah, as far as I know, there's no cross save with it, which is really annoying. That's bizarre. especially with a game like that. Well, especially if it's cross platform. Mm. Like you, yeah. like so it was cross buy, wasn't it? So you bought it on Vita and got a PS4. Uh, actually, I'm I'm not even sure if it's cross buy. Oh, I need to check that. Yeah, um, but oh yeah, I need to check that. <laughs> but it's look, it's a really fun game. Um, really, really, really fun game by uh, I think it's by Vlambia. Um, from memory. Uh, and if it is, those are the guys who made like Luftrousers and uh, Ridiculous Fishing. Uh which is an iOS game, which is really fucking cool. Uh, so they make really interesting, weird games. Um, you got you got two weapons you can switch between. Uh, you pick up weapons, um, so you can like basically switch your loadout on the fly as you're picking up weapons. Um, you've got limited ammo for all your types of weapons, except melee weapons, obviously. Um, and then when you collect enough rads, which is basically XP, um, you level up, and at the end of that, that stage, you can go and pick like a perk, basically, which can be things like... Kills will regenerate health, or you know, you might move faster on certain terrain, or certain things like that. You've got, you get to pick from one of those. You get about five to choose from, um, or like you know, it might be like attract like you know drops and rads from further away, uh, and so basically you sort of flesh out your character that way on each run. Um, nothing doesn't really do anything too revolutionary to the the franchise. I think. If I had to say, it's it's slightly different, but I'd have to say it probably Binding of Isaac still better 
it's still a better game. Um, but there's something about there's the, um, Binding of Isaac is like like chaotic and frantic, but Nuclear Throne sort of takes that to the next level. It, it becomes like part Bullet Hell and certain points as well, like really really big Bullet Hell. Um, so does Binding of Isaac though. Yeah, it's true. It does. Um, I, it's just I don't know. There's something about that the style of 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 Nuclear Throne that makes it a lot more. It feel it feels a lot more chaotic. Um, yeah, but but less grotesque than. <laughs> well, that's not hard. Binding, Binding of Isaac, Isaac is pretty goddamn grotesque. Oh yeah, it's okay. I'll be buying that game probably for the third time when the Switch version comes out. I think it's getting a physical release as well. Yes, and if it, yeah, I'm absolutely buying that because it's going to have the um the Afterbirth Plus DLC, which I had not played yet, which adds even more endings that I'll never see. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Nicholas sounds really good. I, I've like I said, I've been playing it for a while now. I was just really bored during the week, so I thought I'd dip back into it. Um, while I was watching stuff on TV, I didn't really feel like playing anything on my like on my PS4. I just felt like playing something on my like handheld that I could uh, watch TV while I was playing. Um, so I I really can't wait for the Switch so I can do that with actual games. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. Um, it's it's not very expensive on the PSN. It sort of got released to very little fanfare. It got like shadow dropped after a PSX. I think PSX 2015. Um, and I was like, oh, cool, that's a game I've been looking at for a while. And so I bought it, and I love it. It's good. Um, you know, all minor, not minor, but technical difficulties aside. Uh, so, yeah, check that one out. And the last game I've been playing is actually a recommendation from... Uh, I've been listening to the OK Games guys do their Game of the Year uh, episodes. And yes, I say episodes. They did a whole bunch of categories. Um, and I've just finished listening to their, their game of the year, like best game episode tonight, which weighs in at a hefty three hours and 36 minutes. Um, but it's all gold. It's really, really funny stuff. It gets very, very vicious and very, very nasty between the three of them. Um, but Lauren was talking about a game called the flame and the flood, which he's been playing since it launched on PC last year. Uh, and it just so happened that the game came out this week on PS4. Uh, in the Flame in the Flood uh, Complete Edition. So the game, it comes with the game, and you get a dynamic PS4 theme and a couple of avatars with it as well for the price. It's basically just the price of a game. I got it for, I think, like eighteen ninety five with a PlayStation Plus discount on it. Um, and so the Flame in the Flood is a survival game. Uh, it's kind of similar, I guess, if you were to try and liken it to something else to, say, Don't Starve. Um, except that it has an end game. Uh, there is an endless mode you can play, which is to sort of see how far you can get down the river. Um, but for the most part, there is, um, I think Lauren said about 10 stages that you can get to. Um, and there's two difficulty levels as well. So you can play it on survival, which is like when you die, you go back to the start. Super hard. Your like meters fill up because you've got like a, a hunger meter. You've got uh, a temperature meter, thirst meter, and a sleep meter. Um, that you've got to manage with uh, various activities and whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah, on this like the survival mode, those fill up a lot quick, apparently. So, uh, but I've been playing it on I think explorer mode, which is basically like you know entry level mode just to experience what the what the game's about. Um, and basically, when you get to a new zone, that you can start back there from your run. It's sort of set to checkpoint. Um, when you die, you can go back to that checkpoint. But you start at 
where like the, the the state you were in at when you reached that checkpoint. So if you were on death death door and you reached that checkpoint, there's not much point going back there and starting from that checkpoint because you're not going to get far anyway. Um, but basically, the setup is you start off where a, a dog drags over a, like a a backpack from a skeleton that's lying on the ground. Um, you play as a character called Scout. Um, the dog's name is Aesop, which is really cool. And then he drags over this little backpack. You look at it. It's got a weird logo on it. It's got some supplies in it. So you pick it up and you leave your little campsite that you're at and head to a little raft and set off down the river. And so basically you float down this river um, and stop off at different checkpoints along the, or different points along the way. And there's things are like uh, like churches, which have like really good shelter that you can sleep in. Um, and lots of things like sewing kits and ba- rags that you can use to craft stuff. Um, then there's uh, like campsites, which always have a lit fire and more of a chance to find flint there, which is used to build sort of weapons and things like that as well. And also st- like uh, certain items you can craft. Then there's like uh, fish shacks where you can get to like fishing line stuff and all those sort of things like that. And then there's um, marinas, which you can stop and upgrade your raft repair your raft if it takes damage as well uh and things like that so it's a survival craft game where you're you're collecting stuff you're trying to balance those meters out and keep yourself alive for long enough um but the thing that i like about it the most that the the reason because like i I don't mind playing those games um as long as they have some sort of story or some sort of like i guess uh objective to it um i played a game at the start of last year which is actually almost about a year ago now called crashlands on ios um, which is also a really good game. I'd like to talk about that at some point um, in detail. I should go back to it and play a little bit more because I've added quite a lot to it. But it was that same sort of thing. It was like a survival craft, like survival crafting game, but it had objectives. It had like a storyline running through it, um, and it was really f- like the the writing was quite funny. Um, this one, there's not much writing that I've encountered. I've only encountered like another like living person, um, and there was like two kids that uh, basically didn't speak very good English because they've been sort of left out in the wild for too long. Um, but yeah, the thing that ties this game together is uh, it's obviously set in this sort of like southern bayou uh, setting that you're in, you're, this river you're floating down. Um, so all the music is this sort of like old country, like really cool, like almost bluegrassy music um, by this guy called Chuck Reagan, who's amazing look just this is the first time i've really heard any of his stuff and it's excellent it's all really great so there are songs with lyrics in them as well and the lyrics are sort of like related to what's going on almost you can sort of relate them back to what's going on um but it just adds it adds this special layer to the game um on top of the like the beautiful art style as well uh i've only clocked in a couple of hours in it but i'm really enjoying it it's uh, a lot of fun uh, I say fun, but it's quite devastating at some points as well. Like, you know, watching your character slowly starve to death when you've got, you can do nothing about it. Um, cause you were trying to set that trap so you can catch some rabbits and cook them. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to try and get through the, the, the campaign at least and see what the end has to offer. Um, but yeah, so far I'm really enjoying it. Really, really cool setting. Great art style. The music is just stunning. Like just absolutely stunning this adds so much character to the game and uh it just it feels really special this game i don't know there's something about it um 
but yeah, so thanks for the heads up on that one, Lauren. It's, uh, it was on my radar for a little while. I'd sort of been looking at it on and off, but um, combined with the fact that there was a PS4 release and plus I'd been hearing you talk very good words about it, I decided to take the plunge on it, and it's, uh, I do not regret it whatsoever. But uh, that's about it for me this week, Kyron. What about yourself? What have you been up to? Uh, slim pickings, really. Oh, yes. Because I've been mostly just catching up on some TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Anything far- interesting? Uh, Vikings, which everyone should oh, watch. Lovely, lovely. really good. Um, and I've been watching an anime called Drifters. Or Drifters. Drifters. Also, I've heard about this, I think. It's also really cool. I don't, yeah. I don't know how it works. Like, I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it, but the concept of it, it is is ridiculous and I should is hate it. But like the time travel-y? Sort of. It's a one where there's like... A fantasy world and like people who are like people who die in the real world are being transported there so you've got historical figures of, right. of good and evil descent getting sent there and it's it's interesting if nothing else but to see um just yes yeah, so there's, there's some it's interesting i haven't cool. i'm only a few episodes into it but it's cool but oh, we're here to talk about video games joel yes as we much are as, I, as much as i love anime and we'll watch it forever <laughs> Uh, so I finished off Gravity Rush, for starters. Lovely. I stuck a nail in that coffin. Yep. It's been my, my feud with this game on PlayStation Vita, which I couldn't stand. <laughs> and I can happily say, now I've reached the end, I've seen the credits, I do really like the game. It's a great game. It is. I, um, the world is amazing. I love just, just the art style is so different. Yeah, I don't it know, is. It's, 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 not, it's not different, but it just feels unique compared to what else is out there. Yeah, like just the the level design and the way the, yeah. the way the world's created is really interesting. And, yeah, and once I once I get over struggling with the controllers for like the first thirty minutes of every play session, <laughs> getting around the world is really cool. Like just floating and just going, I want to go there and just flinging myself and going, eh, just like, take take care of a cat. I'm gonna go get a drink or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good. There was only one part because I was I was obviously going for the platinum trophy, which I achieved. Thank God. It's done. Congratulations. Thank you. It, was, it wasn't super hard, except for one trophy that required me to go and kill, like, a rare, like, a difficult enemy in one of the bonus areas. And I tell you what, I nearly snapped my controller in half doing that fight. Oh, good. But I survived. to look forward to. I emerged, and I was victorious. Huzzah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, loved it. If nothing else, I'm now, like, really bummed out about Gravity Rush 2's, like, poor release timing. Like... Yeah... Now I finish this, I'm like, oh man, I could really go for Gravity Rush 2, but Resident Evil 7 is next week. Yep. Sorry, Less Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe in a few months. Uh, pretty busy year. But, uh, oh yeah. Good game. Uh, the other one I picked up was I picked up Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh, the awesome. PS4 version. The 20 year celebration, whatever it's called. Right, yes. Which comes with like approximately 500 different costumes for Lara Croft to wear. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, it, it comes with heaps because it comes with like a bunch of the Xbox One DLC that got, I guess, trickled out over time. Yeah. So I, I just, I booted up. It's like, hey, you unlocked this costume and this costume and this costume, and it, it went for minutes, for <laughs> minutes. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm only a few hours into it. I remember, like, I loved the reboot on PS3 and 360 when that I was played a that. Very good game. Yeah, I was surprised. But it's one of those rare cases where the game was actually really long and I didn't care. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. I got to be I'm like, wow, that was like a 16-hour game. I didn't even notice. It was satisfying, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one looks like it might be more of the same. Like, it's... I, it, it actually seems to include more interesting uh, tomb raiding, dare I say. Huzzah! Which was something that the Tomb Raider that came out on, like, the reboot just didn't really have. Oh, yeah, no, it, no. It, was, it had, like, a like a handful of tombs, but this one I've, I've done a lot more, which yep. is cool. Makes me, like, you, you feel like it's a reward for actually exploring the areas. Uh, I have noticed, again, this is just coming off, like, having played Uncharted 4, like, less than a year ago. Mm. Controls are okay, but there's just yep. some moments when you're climbing, but it's like, ah, oh, Nathan Drake wouldn't have missed that. <laughs> That, that there's, if there's one thing that like if, if anything if nothing else, Naughty Dog do good climbing. They do like they do like you're always in complete control of yourself. And there's just, there's just been some moments in Tomb Raider where I'm trying to climb or jump in Lara, or just be like I'm gonna jump like you know in um, Uncharted how you would like edge along with your like you know with your fingertips and you get to a gap and you just sort of like jump across it. Yep. Yeah, I've had moments where Lara Croft's like all right. And I'll do that. Hey, fling myself into the abyss. I'm like, cool. <laughs> it's not what I wanted you to do, Lara, but I guess she that's just, the choice you've made, so that's fine. Is uh, are the deaths just as gruesome, yes. gruesome and grisly? Oh, oh my god, yes. Uh, Jesus, I've been impaled upon spikes once again. Oh, uh, yep, old uh, staple. I, I got my face torn apart by a bear. That happened. Oh my god. I don't know what Lara Croft did to Crystal Dynamics, but oh boy. Oh, I still feel still no. feel bad when I die, so that's definitely oh. something that's carried over from from the uh, the reboot. Oh, but um, I, yeah, I'm hoping to put some more hours into it. I, I'm interested. It's a lot of stuff is so familiar from the first game. I still love like. Did you play the reboot? You did, didn't you? I played. Yeah, I played the first one. Yeah, I haven't played this one yet, but yeah, I did play. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Oh, it was great. Yeah, well, it's I saw like all the stuff surprise. that was there. Like the campsite stuff is back. Okay. So, you craft and, and all that sort of stuff. I yep. do like like the very the very small like little pinches of a Metroidvania. Where yeah, you'll, where you'll get yes. to an area, it's like ah, oh, sorry, you need, a, you need a, a knife to cut that rope. You're like, I'm coming back here when I get that knife. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm about coming back for you. I'm sorry, I just think there is a storm rolling in over here, Joel. Oh, really? So we're podcasting by storm. Hope you hear thunder. <laughs> Ooh. I, you, it might sound like that on my end, but it's just my washing machine. It's not nowhere near as exciting as a storm. So, yeah, there's some <laughs> nice lightning going on. Anyway, um, yeah, definitely recommend checking it out. I, I got it's actually going. It usually is going pretty cheap as well. I guess because it's like over a year old now or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I picked it up. I've been looking at it for so long, and just it yeah. was one of those things where the stars aligned. It was going really cheap. And I got a bunch of gift cards for Christmas, and I was like, "Oh well, I guess I'm getting Rise of a Tomb Raider." Yeah, I look. I'm, it's definitely one of the ones I, I, I. It was in my wish list during that PlayStation sale, and I almost like. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. It, but... it happened twice because before Christmas it was going really cheap, and I was like, "Oh, like it was one of those deals of Christmas." That's right. Oh, and I, I considered too. getting it. I was like, "No, I'll wait. It's fine. I'm pretty busy right now." And then it came up again in the first week of the January sale. So I'm like. I should get this. Uh, it is a big download. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to fucking yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. Oh, oh, Battlefront. But yeah, no. It's I. I think I'm definitely gonna pick it up. I might 
I might even see if I can find it, like a disc, like a physical copy cheap somewhere. But yeah, like I, I think the one I bought was about forty bucks. It was during a oh. sale at Big W. So, and if it's not like that now, it'll definitely go back down to it because well, it's not going to get more expensive. No, God no. But, uh, but yeah, that about does it for what I've been playing, Joel. Awesome, solid week. All right, Kyron, it's time for you to take the reins once more. I mean, yeah, you just totally oh, Joel. But, Kyron, this is all you. It's all you, man. So Nintendo gave us a wonderful gift this morning, Joel. <laughs> they gave us a beautiful gift. Just when I thought we couldn't get luckier after we saw the Switch last week, despite some issues, the hardware still makes me pretty excited for the future. Oh, I yeah. was like, cool, that's not bad. I guess we'll see Nintendo again in a few like a few weeks. But no, 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 Joel. No. Today, a Fire Emblem Direct, which of course, Fire Emblem is kind of my jam. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of into that. So, <laughs> I mean, it was like, when they announced it, I was assuming that we'd get two things. And we did get those two things as well as a couple of extra little bonuses. But we got to have a bit of a look at Fire Emblem Warriors. Not much more. It was basically the trailer that was shown during the Switch event with an extra little bit of Krom just cutting up 50 guys with these amazing sword skills, which will look familiar to anyone who's played a Warriors game in the past. Excellent. Uh, it did Actually, they did reveal, I forgot about this, I didn't put it in the notes, but it is also coming to new 3DS. I saw this, yeah. Which is such an, a weird, interesting choice. Obviously, Hyrule Warriors came to Wii U first and then came to 3DS later, but it's interesting this is, like, it seems to be happening at the same time. Yeah, uh, hmm. I guess maybe it's going to be like a transitional period, but I mean, Nintendo were very adamant saying, no, 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 the 3DS isn't going anywhere. It's like, well, is it really, though? Like, That's a thing, you're going to have like, to pull it's... the trigger on it at some point. We'll see, like, because that's that's where the rest of this Fire Emblem Direct paid into it, right? Uh, so that the big thing that was again, we we all kind of knew it was happening, and it didn't really say much more beyond the fact that it was happening. But there is a Fire Emblem in development for Switch. Like, it's they say expect release in 2018, so I guess 2019 is when it'll probably come out. Yeah, it was late 2018. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be like super late. Fire Emblem December games, 31st you know, at 11:30. <laughs> but like a HD PM. Fire Emblem, yeah, it's going to take a bit of time. Oh, yeah. But um, but the bulk of the, of the Direct was spent on one thing I had no idea was coming and one thing that we'd been expecting. So we'll start off with a new announcement, which was mm-hmm. a new 3DS game. Ooh! Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valencia. So... All right. Sell me on it, Karen. I mean, I don't know how to sell it on you because I'm already sold on it, but... Yep. Because if, if you don't like strategy games, you may not like this one. But okay. It's so it's coming May nineteenth, which is ridiculously soon. Insane! Like, wow, what a what a gift Nintendo have given me. Uh, alongside it, they will be they will be releasing a double pack amiibo with the two heroes, Arm and Salisa, Salika, Salika, Salisa, however you pronounce it. Yep. Uh, so basically, it's a remake slash reimagining of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which was a title that came out on, on the Famicom way back in 1992 which we uh filthy english speakers never got to see <laughs> so that old it, chestnut yeah so fire fire rhythm two i guess it would be maybe i don't know but so it's basically a remake slash reimagining of that which is nice because i've always wanted to go back to those early ones that i can't play because a i don't speak japanese and That's, B, mm. those fan translation patches? No, thank you. 
Yeah, no. Look, you want an official sort of thing. Because yeah. otherwise people are just sort of going, I think that's what they're saying. I guess, I guess that's I guess. what they're saying. Like, yeah. like, there's some good stuff out there, but the ones that I had played a bit of from the early games, it was about 10 years ago, so the, like, the localization, the fan translating may not have been great. Uh, essentially, it still plays like a Fire Emblem game. It's got all the turn-based stuff. It's got the weapon triangle, blah, blah, blah. But, so, Fire Emblem Gaiden also introduced a bit of dungeon crawling as well. Now, so I that, saw you wrote this down. That's intriguing to me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Because like, anyone who's played a Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem game knows that essentially the way that you progress forward is either you're on a map and you choose a point to go to, or it's one of like the Game Boy Advance ones where it's just chapter after chapter after chapter. Right. But Gaiden had like some dungeons you could actually go through. And it, like They showed a brief snippet of footage that looked like you were exploring a dungeon in third person and wow. you ran into a, an encounter. That's awesome. Can you hear that thunder? Oh, that's, yeah, that sounds nasty, <laughs> man. Bit of atmosphere for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it behaves. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely thumbs up on that. Super excited. Didn't expect it because, again, as we were discussing earlier, we haven't, like, the Switch is a handheld and a console hybrid. So it's always been sort of dicey where that leaves the 3DS. But if they're putting another Fire Emblem on it, like that's a pretty big vote of confidence for that handheld as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess they if they're going to eventually shut it off, which they're they're eventually going to shut it off. They're focusing maybe like, like if if the Switch doesn't do well. Yeah, and I think that's why they're holding on to it. If the Switch yeah. does well, I think next year we'll see a big drop off in 3DS yeah, games. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, but if like, I don't know, like, you know, if they're going to send it out, they're sending it out in a massive blaze of glory. Oh, yeah. Like, it's Rightfully got a good so. year out of it. Yeah, it's, it's a really good handheld, and God damn it if I don't love it the bits. Oh, yeah. Um, so the other announcement was the one we've been expecting for a while that was supposedly going to be talked about sooner, but they pushed it back to focus on Mario, Super Mario Run. Right. And that was Fire Emblem Heroes. Right, Okay. So this is a mobile offering. It'll be coming to Android and iOS, apparently, on February 2nd. It was Excellent. iffy at first, because when they announced it, they were like, hey, it's coming to Android on Feb 2nd, iOS soon. But then there was some clarification. It, it sounds like it's the same day. That's but, good news. Yeah. Like, I mean, as someone who's been shunned by Nintendo for Super Mario Run, it was nice to know that I'll get something on the same day. That's good. Yeah, that that's, that's shitty, but... But, uh, so basically... Gameplay is still very much Fire Emblem, like, you know, turn-based, turn-based strategy, uh, except the grids have been shrunk down to, like, 8x6 to make it more acceptable for portrait mode, which makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Art style's a bit more stylized, not 3D models or super anime. Instead, like, it's sort of, like, chibi-ish, I guess, in nature, I guess. Yeah, bit, yeah. Pretty, pretty I did cutesy. watch the trailer for it. It's a little bit, yeah, like, a little bit more, like, pixel sprite chibi style, where... Yeah, so that's, I mean, I'm fine with it, like, I can understand that people aren't super cool with it, but, I mean, considering it's a, it's got to run on phones, it was never going to be graphically demanding. No, 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 no. Uh, so yeah, like, as you know, so, when when they announced they were working on a Fire Emblem game for mobile, I think basically everyone on the internet had already decided that it was going to be a gacha game. Right. For those of you who don't know what a gacha game is, it's basically... It's, a, it, it's sort of like a, a reference to those little 
capsule games. You put money in and you get a capsule, and it's like, oh, yeah. it's a character Gadget that I pot. want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's basically what it is. Like you, people may have already known that, but just in case. Uh, so once it was announced, that was obviously what it was going to be, due to the fact that Fire Emblems have like twelve-ish games. Like yeah. that's a lot of heroes to just pull from. Oh yeah. So that just made sense immediately. And guess what? That's what it is. Uh-huh. So uh, in about two months' time, when I'm filing for bankruptcy, don't be surprised. Of course, because you filed into all those like sweet free-to-play microtransactions. I just want Roy, and it's I just going to cost me so much money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah, so that, basically the game is going to be built around that. You get heroes by using summoning orbs, which you can purchase with money, but they can also be unlocked in gameplay, apparently, according to what Nintendo said in the Direct. Okay. Which is cool, but like, there's yeah. always a sort of a way to do that. It's just easier to buy them. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yeah. So, yeah. As, as in all gacha games, the heroes will vary based on rarity. So, the rarer the hero is, like, it's got a star system. Their stats will be better. Uh, you can increase this rarity by training them and using certain items on them, which I assume will sort of be, like, the class up that the series has. Okay. Um... But yeah, so they can be leveled up. There'll be events that they'll be running where you'll be able to engage other heroes in combat. And you, like, when you beat them, you will unlock them. So that sounds like a nice way to give you a guaranteed chance at a hero. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool, actually, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And so obviously because it's Gacha, it's free, to, it's free to play asterisks. Like, you can play this for free if you don't want to buy heaps of summoning orbs and get those sweet sweet fire emblem heroes now does it which, look like there's any like timers or anything like that involved with it as well uh, it didn't like they didn't show anything that looked like timers i know that like from my time with brave exvius the final fantasy game that was similar to this uh-huh. that did have timers with crafting and stuff okay so i mean there's probably gonna be some sort of timer but i guess we'll see i don't think i saw any in the trailer though because it looks like a game obviously i mean fire emblem's very deeply rooted in like like the Japanese scene, um, so it looks like a very much like a, a Japanese mobile offering, where yeah, Japan love paying for microtransactions and all that kind of stuff in those those free to play games. So it looks very similar to that sort of uh, setup, which is not a bad thing, um, depending on yeah. how you look at it, I guess. But yeah, like I can see both sides. Like I know some people immediately was like, "Oh, great, I'm gonna have to buy summoning orbs. I'm out." And I know yeah. I should be like that, but I'm I'm weak when it comes to Fire Emblem, so... Well, I mean, look at it this way. Like, I mean, hearing, uh, like, Ian Hink from uh, the Easy Allies, like, talking about Let It Die, when he was playing that game, he was playing it like an arcade game, essentially. So he's putting, like, quarters, quotes, into the game to get more, like, uh, like kill coins so he could buy more stuff or buy continues and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, like, if you're you're not paying for the game in the first place, and it's something that you really enjoy, then if you're gonna put like fifteen, twenty bucks into it, that just means like you're paying fifteen or twenty bucks for a new Fire Emblem game. Like, that's the thing. I, I'm I'm obviously a little bit concerned that the reduced size of the maps may limit. I don't know how. Like, I don't know how much variety there can be there. So that's obviously yep. a concern, but for the most part, I'm happy with how true to Fire Emblem it looks like it is. Yeah, like I, well, from what I watched of the trailer and from what limited knowledge I have of Fire Emblem, it look it looks very authentic. Like it's, mm, which it's makes cool. me very happy. Uh, so yeah, that comes out Feb second, and once it's out, you'll probably have get to listen to me talk about it for a good twenty minutes. 
Excellent. So look forward to that. And also it'll be me begging for money as well. <laughs> Kyron will have a uh, Patreon going. Just <laughs> not to do with the show. Nothing to just, do with dialogue options. It's, it's literally just to support his uh, Fire Emblem habits. Support my crippling Fire Emblem Heroes addiction, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got out of Brave Exvius, which was the Final Fantasy one, like a while ago. Because I saw that going down a very, very dangerous path. And I knew there was going to be <laughs> a Fire Emblem one in t- due time so good i timed it perfectly it's all right you're just going to set it up so that like you've got timers going on one while you're playing <laughs> the other and you just no, switch I'm, back between them i'm i'm out on brave exvius i had oh. to quit because oh. there, there's just too many heroes i was never going to get cloud it was never going to happen i was never going to get noctis or any of the ones i wanted so i was just i quit that one we'll see how i go a fire emblem we'll, we'll see. see we'll see I when sp- it launches in a couple of weeks i will time. say i spent no money on brave exvius like okay I was very determined about that. I don't know if I'm going to be that strong with Fire Emblem. I think the only the only like in-app purchase that I've made on on like a, a mobile game was for Pokemon Go. Mm. Like I think I put maybe 15, 20 at I most it, into that game. I think I put about 15, 20 and I have no yeah. regrets. Yeah, me neither. It was and it was for things like, you know, not necessarily Pokéballs, it was for like uh, uh lucky eggs and uh incubators. Yeah, incubators as well. Yeah, that's where I was getting for. And so. I think incenses as well. Oh yeah, oh, and, and incense. lure modules. So a few things. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, I I don't regret that at all. Like I think you've just got to look at it. We're we're in the day. We're in the, the time now where I think a lot of people, like a lot of developers, have realised that like the consumers have cottoned onto the way that they do things with those games. So they're starting to try and do them in more, I don't know, I guess friendlier ways. And it's just like, well, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to pay for this. You're just going to have to wait for a little while. Or, And I think if it's with things that you really enjoy, so like, say, Pokemon or Fire Emblem or anything like that, um, then you, you've got you've to be in the mindset going into it going, well, this is something I really like. I'm not paying initially for the experience. And if I get to a point, if it's just like literally like, oh, cool, I could spend like $5 and get that character I want. Yeah, sure. Why not? Like, you're you're giving five dollars dollars to the, the the developers for making something that you really enjoy in a franchise that you really enjoy. Yeah, and honestly, if this is what this, like what Fire Emblem is going to do to me, imagine the people who are going to get destroyed by the Animal Crossing game they're working on. Karen, I'm scared. I'm scared by that. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know. Oh boy! But it's probably gonna you're probably gonna lose some money to it because if you've got an addiction to Animal Crossing, I'm sure Nintendo will find a way to tap into that. Absolutely, like you know, I mean, I mean, I'm out of the game at the moment, but like I've been tempted to go I, back to it. It's just... I would say your addiction is merely dormant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's ready there. to be awoken. <laughs> it's there, like you know, uh, I'm like you know, like twelve weeks sober from Animal Crossing and, and <laughs> the, the, the cold, dark clutches of Tom Nook's uh, fucking money hole. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine. Like, it's, it's insulting enough when you have to try and, like, when Tom looks just like, I've upgraded your house, by the way, I'm going to do it again, and it's going to cost this much more. And you're like, well, I'm going to pay that, you fucking extortionist. But uh, I can't imagine when it's just like, oh, yeah, I've upgraded your house, by the way, it's going to cost you five actual dollars. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Just you wait till Tom Luke will be there. He'll be oh, there. Oh, he will. He will. He will. He's going to be handling. Center. He's going to be handling all my monies, <laughs> like actual monies. Jesus. But, anyway. But yeah, so that's that was the Fire Emblem Direct. Holy crap! Is it a good time to be a fan of that series? Oh yeah. I, I can't help it. 
good week for you. I mean, between a Fire Emblem Direct, a new Nintendo console, and like Genova Chen oh. came out, or the um, that game company came out talking about you know briefly about their next game was going to come out this year. Oh man, the game about giving. Yeah, yeah. So, so excited, and like we're only like it's January, Joel. It's still yeah. January. Twenty seven is going to be a good year for me. Yeah, it's been year of Kyron so far. It's great. We've got at least a few months of it to go. Oh yeah, so just a couple good. up your sleeves. It, it, it should should see us through until E3, and we'll see if it, if the end of the year is still the year of Kyron. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But it just it's amazing to me to think that not a few years ago, before Awakening came out, or when when Awakening came out and was successful, Nintendo was basically like, "Yeah, guys, if Awakening failed, we were basically gonna, just going to pull the plug on this series." Yeah. Like, that, are, are you serious? You're going to just kill Fire Emblem? Holy shit! Thank God that game did good. Yeah, I mean, look, it's had this massive resurgence. Like, I mean, like I said, I've never had been really into it. My knowledge of Fire Emblem comes from you, basically. Um, so and Smash. <laughs> oh, and Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's so Smash I, is where where my interest came from. So thank yeah. you for that, Sakurai. Yeah, well, like I mean, you know, but like hearing you talk about those games and like I tried playing Awakening, um, and I I I'm just bad at it. Uh, I think I need to give it another go. I need to give one of these another go. And I think maybe that one that's coming to 3DS, maybe I'll try... I'll, po- I'll definitely try the, the mobile game. I'll give that a go. Because why not? I'm so keen! Yeah, so... I mean, you know... If the mobile game has, like, super casual mode in it, like, for me, like, to get familiar with everything, so... We'll I see. mean, I'd, I don't know if it'll have difficulty, but it'll, it'll definitely start easy enough where it'll ramp up over time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they want to be trying to get a whole bunch of new people in because oh, yeah, it is a free-to-play definitely. game, so there's going to be people like me that are going to be like, oh, that's supposed to be a good series, and like jump, try and jump into it. Exactly. So, exactly. Interesting stuff. But, uh, Joel, the Switch talk doesn't stop there because basically know. this week you could nearly just call it like Switch to Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Switch news kept it coming. And it was sort of mm. like, it was like, you know... You get like a bit of good news, and you're like, "Yay!" <laughs> and then you get like a really bit of bad news. And it's like, oh. "Yeah." It was just sort of this horrible roller coaster ride of emotions all week. So you know, like typical lead up to a Nintendo console launch. Oh yeah, absolutely. A console launch like, in general. Whoa, this is amazing! Oh god, that sounds awful. Wait, no, that's really good. Oh, what are you doing, you idiots? No, uh, oh wait, this sounds really awesome. Oh wait, no, they've oh, clarified god. that. Oh, you shot yourself in the foot, but that looks really good. Oh yeah. no, yep, stop. You're going to get a free SNES or NES game every month. Oh, but we're going to take it away from you at the end of each month. Oh. Um, yeah. So, so dumb. But you know what, Joel? The Switch news doesn't stop there. No, 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 no. It's been like a cavalcade of information since the uh, Switch reveal last week. Uh, or the, the, the press conference, uh, for better <gasps> or worse. Presentation? I don't know what they call They called it a presentation, but I don't know, man. Oh, it was it was something. <laughs> we watched it. Was it. Certainly a thing. Yeah, we watched it. I'm I, still I viewed excited it. for the hardware, but I am also really confused. It just reminds me of that quote from Futurama from like that anthology of interest series that you watched <laughs> it, you can't unwatch it. It was yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's been it's like so you know we get like though. a it's it's been like you know we get a bit of good news and we get a horrible news and we get a bit more even better news and then it's just like shit news. It's 
horrible roller coaster ride of emotions this week. It is. It's yeah, <laughs> but constant, constant idea of going. Oh wow, that looks amazing! Oh god, why are you saying that? Stop saying yeah. that! But it's okay because that game looks really cool. Wait, what do you mean I don't get to keep my virtual console games and like uh, you know, pay for your online? Mm. It's all over the place. It's and, and like there's still things that they're being super vague about it as well. Like, well, really vague about it. the entire online thing. What we know yeah. is that from fall, it'll cost money. We'll be able yep. to take care of a lot of our online stuff on a smart, like an app for a smartphone. And but I've also heard people say that like the, the like the, the, they're saying like the smartphone stuff is to do with like party chat basically as well. Yeah. But but they've also been, but people have also said that they think it might be there might be an app on the Switch that you oh, use as well. God. I don't know. I don't we need fucking a, know. We need we need we need a new direct just for the online stuff. Oh god, I I would be very surprised if they didn't do something like that. They need to clarify yeah, a lot of this they shit. They really up. do. Um, I mean. It doesn't sound like online is going to be a priority at launch anyway, so I guess they got time. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, speaking of clarifying things, the things they have clarified haven't been amazing. Uh-huh. Like uh, our first uh, next bit of news that we've got about this switch, uh, the Joy-Con controllers, the plastic little fun HD rumble filled ice cube shaking ball counting devices, uh, the controllers that sit either side of the switch. Um, those can be charged on the Joy-Con grip, except for the one that's packed in with the actual console. Now, Joel, uh, that's mildly infuriating. Yeah, mildly infuriating. It's baffling is the word that I would use. Just baffling. So I understand the, the logic. I mean, I don't, I don't. It's not acceptable to me, but. Apparently, the Joy-Cons have a battery life of about 20 hours. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is. But I shouldn't have to... Why do I have to get a separate thing to charge them while I play, Joel? Yeah. Why? Well, I, I, I don't know if they've said, like, if you've got it, them attached while it's in docked mode. Like, if that charges it. I think, or... we're in an, I think when they're in docked mode, it does charge. That would make sense. So it's you don't just... have to buy this extra peripheral out of the gate. Technically, no. If you if you could, if you're like like twenty hours is a lot of battery life, I guess. Yeah, because that would that would be mind blowing if 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 you couldn't charge them on the side of the switch while it was docked. I mean, Joel, you, you say to... this, but this is the company that sold the new 3ds without a charger. So, well, yeah, I look. There's part of me that kind of gets that reasoning, but this one makes no sense. Like that, they would pack in a Joy-Con controller that doesn't do the thing that it's supposed to do. Um, well, the, the Joy-Con grip that doesn't do what it's supposed to do but it's okay because you can yeah. buy one of those at launch for about eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> it's really expensive yeah like just you know roughly eight hundred thousand give or take a few hundred dollars um yeah i don't i just i don't understand i a friend of ours uh abroad made an analogy of it being like an abusive relationship where it's just like it's like no we i I want to just be so supportive of Nintendo, but it sometimes they make it really hard, um, really hard. But so, I mean, here's the thing for me: I'm, I feel I do feel the same, and it's mostly just because when I look at the three big guns like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, if Microsoft went away, I wouldn't notice, and I don't think many people would. No, like their games would just go to PC. If Sony, I don't even think I don't even think Microsoft noticed, no, would notice because they, they don't they don't seem to care at the moment. So they're barely present anyway. Mm. Uh, 
if Sony went away, I mean, we'd miss some. There'd be some IPs that got lost, but uh, you know. But if, yeah. if Nintendo went away, like Jesus God, I don't want to. That's a that is a horrible nightmare world to live in. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Like they're really frustrating, but we only like we only get so mad with them because we love them and we just want them to be successful. Exactly. We just want we want oh, we want it to be the next big thing. We want it to be the next Wii, but like for actual people who play video games. See, I think that's the hard part. Like it's tricky to ride. Like Sony, I don't know how Sony have pulled it off with a PS4. Like it's the PS4 has been ridiculously popular. I don't oh, yeah. know if anyone could replicate that. No, no, no. But like, and I mean, we're not even asking to, to, to for them to try. We're not we're not expecting Nintendo to topple Sony or even Microsoft. Like, I'm not expecting that at all. They've always well, been the well, ones who the are Xbox, doing different stuff. And X, Xbox One has been soundly like put down by the PS4 so far. Like, just in oh, lifetime yeah. sales. Like, Xbox One is doing has been doing well the last few months. I think thanks yeah. mostly to the One S, but overall. PS4 is just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, like, it's just been, like, you've only got to look at, like, the exclusive library that they, of each of those consoles, and, yeah. I know which, I know where I would be spending my money and my time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, enjoy that. If you want to charge your Switch Joy-Con controllers, you'll just have to do it off the console, I so- think. It, I'm pretty sure it does. I'm pretty sure I heard someone say it charges when it's docked. It, yeah, it'd have to. It would have to. Oh, but the hits keep on coming, Kyron. This one's not so bad, though. I mean, it's not. Not really. It's not really. No, I mean... So, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild takes up to about 40% of the Switch's storage space. Um, so it comes in roughly around about like 13 gig, I think, for an install. Um, and the, obviously the, the, the Switch has like 32 gig on board. But that can be expanded with uh, micro uh, SDXC cards, I think they are, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. I, I get the point of that, but man, those prices start climbing. Yeah, and it's more things that we have to buy for I, our Switch. I I endlessly went after Sony when the Vita used their stupid proprietary memory cards, which were ridiculously yep. expensive. Mm-hmm. So I'm not willing to let Nintendo off a hook. Like, granted, they're not using Nintendo branded ones. You can buy these other ones, but they're still expensive, and it's it's yeah. But I mean, you got to look at it this way. I guess the the price on those things are only going to come down. Yeah, like, and and come down quickly. I mean, it it is it is future proof in the sense that like up to two gig can be used on it, but those particular cards aren't available yet. Yeah. So you know that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, that's two terabyte. Is that two terabyte today or two? Gig? Yeah, two. He said two gig, but God yeah, damn two it. terabyte. Yeah, um, you. Everyone know what I meant. Oh, absolutely. But oh, I mean, yeah, two gigabyte would surprise me. <laughs> if you get a, a two terabyte one when they're eventually available, and you put that in, that's already better than what's available in Sony and Microsoft's offerings at this stage. Yeah, that's true. Like those models top out at. At a terabyte, and I 
I get that using an SD card is easier like to to pop in and out, but it's pretty easy to swap out a hard drive and a PS4 at least, and That's you, true. Can, you can get decent sized ones for not too badly priced. So I don't know. It I, again, it's going to be interesting to see how third parties react to this, since third party games typically love ridiculous installs. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we were just talking about it before. I know they were digital. I, mine was a digital download, but like Battlefront was fifty gig. Yeah, like, like that's, that's that's more than the Switch can take. Exactly, you know. And I mean, you've only got to look at uh, what was it recently on the 3DS that Pokemon. You couldn't download Pokemon unless you had like a new card, like SD card in there. Yep, that basically, game was big. it was a huge game. Like, like <clears throat> again, I I don't mind too much because I mean with. With my 3DS, when Smash came out, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. I was just like, screw it. And I bought a huge SD card for that thing. And yeah. I haven't swapped it out since. It cost me a bit of money, which sucked. But I've been good ever since then. So I guess maybe I'll do the same for this one. Yeah, which, well, which I didn't do that with my Wii U. So I, 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 I'm probably going to do that with this, for sure. See, but I think the Wii U at least let you use like USB drives as well. Yeah, well, does this have any USB inputs in it? I don't think so. I mean, if it did, it would only be on the dock, and I don't know if it does. Yeah, and it, would make, it wouldn't make it would make sense, because then you'd have to have it plugged in while you were playing exactly. it in handheld mode. Yeah. Exactly, so... Yep, I don't know, that makes man. no sense. Oh, well. I a mean, consequence look, of being a hybrid, I guess. Yeah, I guess, and that's what all these things are. Well, well, for the most part, all these things are. Not being able to charge the Joy-Cons on the pack-in fucking Joy-Con grip is dumb. But... Um, that, that that's what really when you look at a, a whole bunch of these consequences are because of the fact that it is a hybrid console between the both and from all reports that i've heard about like the docking mechanism like taking it from the tv to handheld apparently it is instantaneous it's oh, exactly yeah. how they've showed it yeah yeah i've and wa- how they presented it i've watched some videos and it's it's basically like the essentially the snap for the switch logo it's basically like that yeah like and that's that's awesome like it's that's magic that's actual magic so i guess that's when this question comes up joel do you think i mean i i'm i'm obviously okay with it but have they have there been too many things that to give up to support the hybrid notion of a console like do you think that would have been better off doing a more traditional console or is it worth these things we have to do like buy sd cards and yeah, look, charging SD like as Joy-Con controllers with a different priority at the box just to have this $469 hybrid. Yeah, like, I, I think we spoke about this last week, or if we didn't on the show, we've spoken about it, um, you know, just in, in passing. Uh, these are the things that we have to do as an early adopter because this is the first console of, like, the first hybrid console of its kind that that i can think of really it's exciting like if it takes off nintendo could be in a very good position yeah actually it'll put the pressure on for sony and microsoft because you've only got to look at the wii and like the fact that they tried they a year or two later like sony had motion control xbox had motion control like um and by that point we were all motion controlled out but like you know they nintendo put the pressure on um, they may they had the the much less powerful console, but they put the pressure onto those bigger 
beefier boys uh, just by doing something different and making something original. Um, and yeah. I think this this is much more uh, functional uh, originality than, say, motion controls. I think this is something that's like, this is great. Like, But it has that... the motion controls too, Joel. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. They're there. I can't forget about those. Um, but like, the fact that I can I can literally just take because obviously I've been traveling to and from Bendigo quite a lot lately, just you know visiting family for various reasons and whatnot, um, and the fact that I could be at home playing Zelda, and then Ash gets home from work and goes, all right, we're gonna go to Bendigo, and I just whip that thing out, grab my USB C charger, put that in my bag, and then go to Bendigo, and I've got I'm still playing the same Zelda that I'm playing at home but on my console. Then I come over to your house and we whip out arms and we start playing that together. Like the, 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 the concept of it all is highly exciting, but I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Giving up, giving up some things I can go without and some things I don't mind paying extra for that. Like the memory card thing, I think is a good thing. I think that's a, a step in the right direction. Um, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, the joy con thing, silly, that's no weird. packing game. Silly, and I think they're just making piss poor excuses about that. To be honest, see, by going, oh, we couldn't have charged three hundred US dollars for a console if we packed in a game with it. It's like not true. No, I, Switch isn't worth a full price game. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm wonder. I find myself wondering more and more: should they have just not had some of these? Like that touchscreen, probably not going to get used. Like, because yeah. it makes no sense when you've got it. It, there's no mode. second screen stuff, so and once it's in dock mode, like you can't exactly use it. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that got brought up, brought up on, the, on the Easy Allies podcast, and that was a really interesting point that I'd never even thought of until then. Mm. And I went, "That's hundred percent true." It's weird, like, and I, I assume that like the screen is nice from what I've seen, mm. but I wonder. I do wonder how much of the cost that drove up just to have that capacitive touchscreen, which. I don't know, man. It's. I think some of these things I've left out are to keep it at this price because it's it's already yeah. pretty pricey for what it is. I feel like they should have ditched the touchscreen for this iteration of it. I think the Switch Two, if this was successful, that's when you chuck that in because by then they're going to have the install base. They're going to have the people interested in that whole thing. People are going to be forgetting about their three DSs, so they won't need to worry about that anymore. But. I just, yeah, I don't know. There are certain things, I think you're right, that maybe have driven the price up on this console um, just to shovel this functionality in there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Switch is, I'm, I'm excited for it. I am. Me too. I'm, I'm 100% excited for it. I can't help but be looking at Nintendo and just going, Nintendo, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's, 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 it is, yeah. It's a, having time to think about it over the last week has been really Good and bad for for different reasons, but I don't know. I guess we'll see in a few months' time. E three is going to be interesting if they if they they don't have a Nintendo Direct. Well, um, they're obviously going to have one, but if they don't have something planned out for you know mainly the rest of this year, things I mean, that aren't just Super Mario Odyssey. It's I, the rest of this year is not looking as bad as people think. Like Mario Odyssey is at the end of the year. We've got. Fire Emblem Warriors is somewhere in the spring, so that'll be, mm-hmm. you know, September or something, probably. They are adamant that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 will make it before the end of the year. I'll believe it when I see it, but good on them if they're <sighs> going to do that. 
I mean, it it sounds impossible, but if it is like it is region free, so I imagine much like because Zelda's going to have dual audio. I think we talked about last week. Yes, I assume this will as well, and they're just making this the game like all versions at once. Xenoblade Chronicles X came out what two years ago now? Like it's been a couple of years. Yeah, actually, it was like it's Christmas, a, and that, and like that's Japan. Like we got it at that. It came out in Japan like a year earlier. So Monolith has had some time. Okay, that's true. All right, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just I want it to be true, but I think it's not impossible. And that would also Again. bolster their holiday lineup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, there's the ever-rumoured Pokemon Stars. Which we'll hear about at E3. Yep. We'll have to. We'll have to hear about it at E3. Uh, we'll definitely hear about a Smash port. Yep. So, like, there's stuff that they've got. And then, you know what? All they've got to do at E3 is, is like, end their direct, like, their one more thing with a Retro Studios tease and everyone will be happy. Also, chuck a Metro game in there. Chuck a Metro game in there. I want a Metro game. I want a Metro game more than anything else on the face of this planet. Well, every game coming out this year, Joel, like, I would swap Persona for a Metroid. I would swap Zelda for a Metroid. I'd swap everything just for a Metroid game. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Well, that leads us to our next bit of news, Card. Yeah, Reggie's dangling that carrot again. Yeah, at least he's being a little bit more, slightly more open about it than, like, just wearing pins. Yeah, well, that got him in trouble last time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, basically, he was, uh, Reggie was, like, obviously as part of the big Switch reveal. He was doing interviews a lot of last week. And this one actually came up really, really not that long after the event, but I think we'd already mm-hmm. recorded. But he was speaking with GameSpot in New York. And, of course, the uh, topic of games came up with games coming to the Switch. And uh, I guess Reggie decided he wanted to have a bit of fun. Mm. So he he didn't even get asked about it. He bought it off himself because he likes to tease us. So I'll just just read the quote in his words. This is what he said to GameSpot. Oh, so earlier today I got asked about Mother 3. Maybe you can ask me about Metroid, he said jovially. Look, look, again, I am proud as an executive with Nintendo to say that we look at all of the boards and all of the comments, and we really have a good understanding of what our consumers want. And believe me, we take that to heart as we work, as we work to create content. So I have nothing to announce here, but we are aware that some, there are some key IP that consumers just can't wait for the next true installment in that franchise's legacy. Suffice, to say, suffice it to say, we're aware of it, and talk to me in a year, and let's look back and see what's happened. Now, it's by no means oh. confirmation about Mother 3, or especially Metroid, but... Metroid, Metroid especially, because the way he worded, like, the next ins- the next true installment in I know. that particular franchise. Especially after, like, we just had Federation Force, which was received yep. poorly. Um, Despite being fun. It was, it was fun. It got it a, a raw deal. Game. It got a raw deal. It got a raw deal. It was, had a, it was, it was, on, the, it was on the back foot. Coming into the situation, like oh yeah, was... <laughs> no one wants to follow up other M, a game which no. I enjoyed, but it was a mess. No, yeah. no, no, no. So, um, I'm mm. not, a Metroid reveal at E3 isn't impossible. Uh, I just, I don't want to get my hopes up. It, it hurts me every time I think about the fact that the last Metroid game I really enjoyed was in like 
20 oh, when did corruption come out 2013 probably for the week yeah maybe 2012 even maybe it hurts it hurts yeah John. that's that's rough um oh oh boy hopefully retro's been cooking up something ever since tropical freeze who knows it could be metroid it could be a new ip i don't know I just either way, like either way, if it's a new IP from them, great. If it's a new Metroid game from them, great. Retro yeah, Studios because... are easily like Nintendo's ace in the sleeve, like ace in the hole. Because everyone wants to know the Metroid Prime games have an amazing legacy as being mm-hmm. like, and even the Donkey Kong games, like they oh, made yeah. they they are basically the franchise revivers. They brought back Metroid. They brought back Donkey Kong Country. So, and they always do something a little bit different with them as well that people are like, oh, really? At first? And then when they get their hands on it, they go, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, so whether or not they're reviving another franchise, making a new Metroid, or making something completely new, I just want to know. And I think yeah. I do think Retro will be at E3. Yep. They're, they're basically Nintendo's new Rare. Like, if you want to look at it they that are, way. They are exactly Nintendo's new Rare. Yeah, they're like their they're third-party studio that they've got making these... Interesting, different, new titles that people high, hold in such high regard. I believe they're um, first party. Are they first party? Oh, yeah, they would be, I wouldn't they? Because it's not third party. I think Nintendo owns a stake in them, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. That they're, I wouldn't be surprised. They are a Nintendo game developer development partner. So, yeah, I right. think Nintendo has a, has a stake in them. So, I guess they're like second party, if you want it to call it that way. I don't know. Uh Regardless, like I, I'm excited. I would be happy if they just said, "Oh yeah, by the way, the the Metro Prime trilogy is available for the Switch." Don't like, don't do that. To please, me. please, you can play that on the go. I will buy. Awesome. And only problem though. What corruption? What do you do with corruption? Mm. It was like so you could get by with Metro Prominent One and Two because they were both on the GameCube originally, so they have yep. control of inputs built in. I guess you could probably port those controls over, but there's a lot of stuff in Corruption that requires, like, the accuracy of a Wii Remote. Yeah. And I know that the Switch does have motion controls built in, so it is possible, but I don't know. We could just use it like gyro controls. True, they could do that. That could work. I don't want to be a um, dampener. Trust me, I would buy no, the Metro Prompt no, 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 again. That's a, that's a valid point. Um... What if they put in, like, because this, this seems to be another thing that they're not being super, like, clear on with, the, especially with those NES and uh, SNES games. They're adding, like, online functionality to them as well. Imagine if they added, like, an online multiplayer, like, well, kind of like Hunters, but not shit. Hunters was fun, man. I mean, once, fun. You, once you got past fun. the hackers. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Like it actually, it was it was a lot of fun. And, it and was, everyone playing is Trace and just hiding somewhere and going invisible and sniping you. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, ironing those bugs out. But like having like another portable multiplayer Metroid experience that is with actual bounty hunters and not the Federation Force. Um, yeah. I, look, who knows? He's just being the biggest cock tease in the world. He just loves it, Reggie. Just so, loves keeping everyone on the on the, on the edge of the hook, on the end of, end of the hook. For one reason, I believe. For one reason, I believe it will happen. And it, despite everyone, everyone is taking a dump over some of the stuff this witch has got coming for it, which is fair. I don't blame them. The lineup mm-hmm. is questionable, but I think people are. I think they're underestimating it. 
when you think about it, we're launching with a Zelda game. We got a, we got a Mario Kart port a month later. Yep. A Splatoon sequel mode. after yes. that. Yep. That Fire and Warriors game. We've got Mario. A lot of like, like they're not weird games. They are, if you know what I mean. They're like they are. They're, they're core franchises. There are. Yeah, that's very true. And I think I think at E three, I think we're gonna they're gonna flesh out the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, definitely. With that, and they're gonna go. Oh yeah. By the way. August, here's Pokemon Stars, or like, yeah. you know, no, here's like Smash. October. Yeah, here's Smash. Here's like another fucking, who knows what, like a weird, here's what Retro's been working on. That's coming out early 2018. Like, yeah. I, if, I, I do if have they do that at E3, I like, I think then that's going to be the thing where everyone goes, all right, Nintendo's, Nintendo's got it right this time, I think. I mean, I, I still maintain, but you can, you can, you can safely skip the Switch at launch, if you're happy to play Zelda on Wii U. Absolutely, yeah. But I think when when Mario's coming out, that's going to be when it's going to be the best time to jump on. Absolutely. It's also going to be the hardest time because it's going to be impossible to find. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. Like, Nintendo just... It's just how they do things. Like, yeah, limited exactly. supply. Absolutely. Um, but I guess we'll we see... Went, we went on a tangent there. We really did, but I mean, we'll see at E3 this year, I guess, what uh, what Nintendo brings to the table with their Direct, or unless they show up again. Oh, I... You know what? After they're not going to do, do a presentation after no that No way. One. After that presentation no for that, and the Wii U one, I think yeah. it Direct works for them. It just does. Direct is great, because it's more concise, it gets to the point, unlike us, but it, you know, it gets to the point, It's it's got that production value to it, everything runs smoothly... All the translations have been done beforehand. There's no error for like technical difficulties or anything like that. So, yeah, I think it definitely works better. It, it puts it puts the company in a much more playful and a much more fun spotlight. So, we'll see. But speaking of E3, Kyron, yeah, it's yes. it's beginning, Joel. It's beginning. We're getting all the we're getting all uh, the, the early buzz now. Yeah, I mean, like what five months ago? Yeah, Six no, months ago. It's, it's fine. <laughs> we'll EA. Be- Kyron will be one. Will be uh, will be one years old then as dialogue options oh, when man. the C three rolls and, around, and we'll have switches, <laughs> and we'll have switches. Jesus, what a world we're living! <laughs> what a time to be alive. Mm. Um, EA have confirmed that they are once again skipping E three this year in favor of another EA Play event, which for those who aren't familiar is basically where EA has their own little show, like essentially like eh, just down the road. Yep, and they put all their games in there, and they go, "Come over here to play our games." Uh, and yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Like, basically, it you does. know that everyone that's going to that place will be playing EA games and talking about EA games. Yeah, but I mean, so if you're into FIFA, yep, go for it. Madden, you know, things of that ilk. But I'm excited because we might oh. get a new. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we get a new Need for Speed this year, or at least a, a reveal of a new Need for Speed this year. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I just want some arcade racer this year. I mean, got <laughs> fast racing, fast racing remix. We'll, I'll, I'll be getting oh, that. Man, I'm so, that's so fine. keen for that. Um, but yeah, like I mean, it. I, I, from what I remember, though, I think that EA Play event last year got very mixed reviews. Was that the it one was... that? It was weird is what it was. The press conference uh, was a little strange. 
Yeah, it was. And then they had that Battlefield thing afterwards where they just were like, hey, let's get a bunch of celebrities in here to play Battlefield. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Everyone's smoking weed. Yeah, when people uh, want to see Snoop Dogg smoking a joint. Yep. And then cut back to him like not too long after and he suddenly doesn't have it and he looks a lot sadder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot antsier. Um, yeah. No, like, I think it was... Sorry, I'm getting confused. That the, uh, the E3, like, open public thing that they did was pretty oh. poorly received. That was poorly received. I think EA Play was relatively okay. Like, I think they did all right with I that mean, one. here's the thing with the... Like, that public thing was poorly received because publishers just didn't want to front up with their big games. Like, yeah, no, which... Uh, why would they? Yeah, um, it's... I don't know, I... At this point, you let the people play him. It's... Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, yeah, the, the EA thing seemed like it was all right. It did okay. Um, we got some juicy memes out of it. We did, yeah. But uh, I guess that leads us to what do we think EA is going to be bringing to the table at E3 this year, if we want to start that kind of conversation. Oh, boy, Joel. Nah. Who, like, the sports Battle games a little bit. Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2. Single player campaign. I mean, I think it will be there. Yeah, I don't I know about a single player campaign, but it'll be there. Nah, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. It might not be. They'll do it, and they'll do it the same way they did with Battlefield One. That's what I'm. That's my. That's my bet that I'm putting in now. They're gonna do like a series of small stories set in the Star Wars universe, a la uh, Battlefield One with their war stories. I think, and, and I think that will work. I'd be okay with that. Imagine getting to play as, like, Wedge. Mm. How cool would that be? Wedge and Tilly's. You can... He does... I think he's actually a... Like, a hero power-up in Battlefield now. But... A Battlefront now. But... um, Because I'm pretty sure it got called over the radio that Wedge and Tilly's had entered the battle. I was like, fuck yeah, Wedge is here. All Um, I want is for EA to get me a goddamn Rogue Squadron game. That's all I want. That's it. Just do that EA and you know what? Forget it. You're done. You win. Rogue Squadron game for the Switch. If only. We could play co-op together. Curse you, Sony, for killing Factor 5. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Battlefront 2 will be there. I think we'll be there and I think it'll be a trailer. It'll be... We'll get a, a tentative announcement date. It won't be... I think it'll be end of the year. I think... These PR oh, yeah. cycles oh. are so much shorter now. I think it'll be end of the year. Oh no, Joel! It's def- if it it will be end of the year because episode eight is this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think we'll get that. We'll get. I think it's going to have a single player campaign. I think if they don't, in some way, shape, or form, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. No, I think after Battlefield One, you're right. There will I be think, a campaign. Yeah, there'll be a campaign in some way, shape, or f- form, and I think yeah, it'll be very much like Battlefield Ones. Um, and again, like I said, totally okay with that. I think that would work. It's like a nice five, six hour campaign, plays a few different characters in the franchise, um, you know, maybe even like start generating buzz about um, like the Han Solo movie, maybe even have like a DLC pack that you can play part of episode eight. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I think they've got lots of options there and I think some of them will be realized. That's that's my answer, but um, anything well, else you think you'll see? Oh, we'll definitely have more people at desks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do but, you think we'll see anything from uh, from Visceral's Star Wars game? It was only a year ago that we saw people at desks, so I think there might be one more year of people at desks, and then yeah, we might see it. 
We did see like five seconds though of game footage. True. We might so see ten seconds. We might see another ten. We might see the extended scene of that scene. So we'll see. Um, do you think they'll talk about Madden? Is, is, is that a, is that Joel? Is that a serious question? Uh, might be. Yes, Joel. They'll talk about yeah. all their sports games. No, yeah, they'll do all their sports shit. Um, like I said, I, I honestly hope for a new Need for Speed game. Just that's just me. But well, I mean, we'll, like, it, I guess it depends on how pa- packed EA's holiday schedule is looking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, even if it's like we see it and like they announce it and it comes out like February next year, I'll be like, "Yep, cool, done." Give it to me. I'll play it. The last one was good. I played a little bit. Of, I played a fair bit of it. I bought it on like digitally on PSN. I played a bit of it. It was good fun. Um, it was kind of back to like underground roots, which I'm totally all about. Um, yeah, interesting stuff though. Be good to see. I just want to. I just want to know about Battlefront two. I'm excited now. <laughs> I'm I'm in on that now. That's. E3 is exciting, Joel, but it's very far away, so... It is far away, yeah. We've got a console release to deal with in the exactly. meantime, so... We, we have, Joel, we have a console release. We've got a Zelda release. We've got a Persona release. Oh, my God, Kyron. By the time E3 rolls around, we will play Persona 5. We will have finished it. Well, uh, yeah, well, we ho- I hope. <laughs> I mean, you have, like, two months, like... I don't know about you, but, like, once once that game comes out, like, I'll have to work. But anytime I'm not working... I will be playing Persona Five. That's very true. Just straight yeah. up. Yeah, gi- that's yeah, that's. I'm, gi- I'm giving the same commitment to Zelda when it comes out. Like I will be playing Zelda when I'm not working. Yep. Um. Yeah. That's true. Oh. Oh, boys. Any uh. Anything else for that? Yeah. I think that's all the news we got. Really. Like I said, it's been mostly just Switch follow up this week. Yeah, it's been sort of like you know. I don't want to say, like, you know, damage control, because it doesn't seem like they're actually doing any control of the said I damage. I don't think it's damage control. I'm just... It's mostly just everyone's hands-on impressions are coming up. Yeah. And look, it, it seems very positive. Everyone seems to be it's like, positive. yep. Everyone everyone's seems saying... Pretty happy. Yeah, everyone's saying that the Pro Control is really good. It might be just a little bit too expensive, but, I mean, you've got to look at the fact that DualShock controllers are fucking, like, 80 bucks. Oh, my God. Australian. $100, Joel. A DualShock controller is typically like a hundred. Oh bucks. wow! Yeah, see, like I mean, for I a stupid know. little light bar and a touchpad that no one uses. Yeah, and it seems like this HD Rumble thing might be something that can be used more. I don't know. It sounds cooler than a light bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. It sounds more functional than a light bar. A light bar, but I can't even it. see. Yeah. Yep. Oh, um, so dumb. But I was hearing. I think Bloodworth from. Uh, Daniel Bloodworth from Easy Alice talking about snipper clips today, which seems to be the sleeper hit for the sn- the Switch at launch. It seems to be the game that everyone has played at events and knew nothing about and came away from it going, holy shit, this is a fucking great game. Um, and for what I've seen of it, it looks excellent. I really can't wait to get that. It's probably going to be one of the ones I pick up for it. Um, but apparently the, the, the HD Rumble, when, uh, when you get... Because it inv- it's all about you playing two sort of like shapes and you cut each other into different uh, other various shapes so you can complete objectives and solve puzzles. And apparently like the HD rumble sort of gives you like a bit of a shock. Not like a shock, but like it, it sort of like simulates like you getting snipped essentially. Um, that's the way he was trying to describe it. And I was like, that's kind of cool. If that, if that works, I'm looking forward to getting hands on with it and going, all right, cool. That well, works. That's awesome. 
Oh, first, like Hasty Rumble, as much as I hate that as a name for it, <laughs> if it works, it's going to be really cool. Like, there's still yeah. a lot of positive stuff coming out of it. Yeah. Well, see, and the other thing that Daniel Bloodworth said about it too, he said this is, this is essentially like going from like stereo sound to surround sound. It's like it's not entirely necessary and you don't really notice it that it's there, but when you have it, it does add to the experience. There you go. Um, someone I follow on Twitter heard that Breath of the Wild's HD rumble, uh, you can feel the tension of the bow when oh, you draw it in, in Breath awesome. of the Wild, which sounds really cool. Like, there's a that lot of cool stuff. Awesome. Oh, boy. But I will, I guess we'll see, and it's definitely not going to be the last we speak about. Do you think oh. we'll see another 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 direct? Yes. Oh. Between now and then? Yeah, I think we might. I think there's room for one more, just to... to just clarify a couple of these things that people, especially do, the more that people online thing, the more that people talk about a lot of this stuff that they don't have answers to, I think the more likely it is to happen as well. Yeah. They're going to go, all right, here's all the answers. Bang, bang, um, bang, 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 bang. It bang. won't be all the answers because it's Nintendo. Well, all the answers to some of the questions that we've, <laughs> we've asked thus here, far. Here are some of the que- answers. Uh, and also here's some new questions and people will be like, what? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Like Reggie will be wearing like a fucking, like a Samus pin or some shit <laughs> and fucking where he will have a Metroid on his head for the entire duration of the, the, the I don't know. Anyway. Um, cool. Let's move into our question segment. And we've got one question this week. And guess what? Guess who it's from, Kyron? Is it from you? Did you it's write not, us a question? I, I can if you want me to. No, I'm good. I could just add it in now. if you. No, no it's of course <laughs> from our very good friend, Sean. And Sean asks us, can you ever see Sonic having any shot at redemption or is he doomed to be a garbagey mess who never belonged in the 3D world? Um, I, look, I think I've made it pretty clear on, on this podcast and to you in person, Kyron, that I have no real attachment to Sonic. I oh. think he's a bit rubbish. Oh, Joel. I, I do. I do. I just, I don't see the appeal. I tried to play the originals, and I just, I don't get them. I don't get it. I'm going to give Sonic Mania another go. And that's what, that brings me to my point. I think that that's going to be the, his shot at redemption, is Sonic Mania. And everything I've heard about people playing that game, it's like, yeah, this is, this is the Sonic game that people have been wanting f- for years now. Sonic, he works so well in 2D. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it's hard to take, because obviously Sonic is about speed, got to go fast, etc. Absolutely. And it's so tricky to take that, and sort of t- try to take that speed and apply it to like a 3D open area. Yeah. Without the controls just being garbage, or the camera sucking. Like, Mario did it so well, because that was a natural evolution for his, for his platforming. Like, and Mario's a, a, a more about precision than it is about speed. Yeah, exactly. And if also, you to put it that way, Nintendo EAD one of geniuses. Oh yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like Sonic, I think there's hope for him as far as 2D games go. I don't have much hope for this project Sonic 2017 that's coming out. I... Yeah. Mm, no, no, thank I mean, you. But Sonic Mania, I'm super keen to try out. Like I, I've had limited time with Sonic. Obviously, I do like the originals more, like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, etc. But, I don't know, Sonic is always in a weird spot. 
Yeah, look, I, I, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Sonic Mania a go, and I'm like now being older, now having a lot more experience and whatnot under my belt from when I was a kid and I first played it because I just I I was like it's okay, it's but it's never been something I look back fondly on like it was it was Sonic from what I ever whatever I played of it, um, it was always like remembering the first time I played Super Mario Brothers like that was, you know, that was that was. Pardon the pun, but game changing for me. That was that oh, was yeah. memorable. I'm the same. I remember, I remember playing Sonic in like, I think it was like a Billy Guyatt's, like when they were a thing. Uh, they had like a Sega set up in there, and I used to go in there and just like stand and play it for like ten minutes. And I go, okay, this is cool. And I was, I was only just playing it because it was like uh, it's a video game. I'm gonna <laughs> play it because it's this new video game thing that I've just been introduced to. Um. So I don't know, but I mean, Sonic Mania looks cool, but I have no, I'm not like chomping at the bit for it. But I mean, I guess if the question is about his future in the 3D world, like I don't, I don't think Sonic should really stick around there. No. I don't I think, think it's for him. Yeah. I think, I think Sonic Mania is going to do relatively well. I think, I, I'd like to think critically it's going to do very well. And I'd like to think it's going to get a sequel and maybe like an original sequel because this seems like like remixes of like older stages with new stuff and but uh i'd like to see him maybe from there go all right cool now we've got we've made classic sonic work on like current gen consoles and and pc and whatnot let's go the next step with that um only problem is you've got to you've got to you've got to convince the sonic team to go with that (laughs) well yeah i mean yeah, well, well, I guess we'll see more about maybe at E3 we might see some more about Project Sonic or whatever it's called. I think we will, Joel, and uh, I think it might be during the Switch presentation as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised, actually. As so, far as, like, platforms that I think Sonic can do well on, I think a Nintendo platform is just perfect for it. Imagine, like, oh, God, just thinking about that, though. Like, you know, telling that to people back in the day during, like, the console wars, like... Telling people it's like, I bet you a million dollars that in twenty four years time or twenty years time, Sonic and Mario are going to be arm in arm on the cover of a fucking Olympic Games console game. I mean, here, here's the thing: if you ever want to think about how crazy things are, we have a Smash Brothers game with Mario, Sonic, yep. Mega Man, Cloud Strife, Pac Man. <laughs> Pac-Man, Bayonetta, yep. like, Ryu, Ryu's in there, yeah, like, the, the industry's come a long way, and it's in a really weird place in a lot of regards. Yeah. Wow. Never would have seen that sort of shit coming. It's it's almost like, you know, that kind of, like, warring consoles thing, or that warring parties thing has moved to, like, movies, especially with things like, like, Marvel and DC, and things oh. like that, like... You're not wrong. Which but, clearly Marvel's kicking the ass in that. I mean, anyway. con- console fanboyism is still a huge problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think these, this day and age, a lot of the people who play video games are at the age now where they have some sort of dif- disposable income and can maybe afford to buy, maybe not at launch, but can afford to buy more than one console. Like, they could have the Xbox One and the PS4. I mean, like, I've thought about it. I mean, you do. You own both of them. I mean, you bought it secondhand, but you own an Xbox One. Um, yeah, it's a really I've cool. I've thought about it, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very <laughs> jealous of that. Um, but like, I've thought about it too because I really want to play Sunset Overdrive. I really want to play Forza Horizon Three, but 
it's not enough for me to go out and buy a whole console for. But, you know, we're at the, we're at the point now where it's like, I used to have uh, I used to have very, very in-depth conversations with a, a good friend of mine who actually uh, actually just passed away in the last couple of weeks. I'm sorry to sort of bring the show down a little bit, but I feel like I wanted to talk about this a couple of weeks ago anyway. But um, a good friend of mine that I, yeah, respected a lot, and we talked a lot about video games, and he was always Xbox, and I was always PlayStation 4. And that was the only time where we were, like, where where I would have some sort of, like, fanboyism. And it was all in good fun. And we could all also always see the other side and the other, like, perspective of the other person. I was always like, oh, yeah, I've heard, like, Sunset Overdrive's really fun. It's a shame it's not selling really well. Like, you know, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I really want to play Uncharted 4. I think I've got... And he had a PS4 as well. He's like, I'm going to get Uncharted 4 because it sounds really great and... Um, but yeah, um, so the, the, that fanboyism is there, but I think it's a little bit more mature because we've matured for the most part. Just as long as you stay away from like Reddit and game facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be the, the horrible trolls out there, but, um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that as well. But, um, so, you know, rest in peace, Kate, you're a fucking top dude and I hope you have access to the entire back catalogue of video games and future catalogue up there you can play for hours on end and eat fish and chips so um rest easy dude um but yeah oh boy Kyron. oh boy that, so you think sonic sonic's got a shot uh at 2d yes at 3d no yep no i think uh, if, you, right. if you want like a succinct answer like a an abridged one 2d thumbs up 3d uh, thumbs down yeah, yeah, like it's like the cutting the the the, the neck movement with the, <laughs> the hand, like oh, don't say that, like sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, nah. yeah. I I think that's that's pretty much how it's going to be, and I think if they're going to do it this year. They're going to prove that with Sonic Mania, and then here, the subsequent disappointing I mean, Project Sonic. Here's the thing: so, Sega won't stop. God no, absolutely not. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten Hell like. No. Sonic and the Black Knight and Sonic Boom mm, and Sonic and the Seven Rings. Sonic and the Oh God, that's the one I played. It was so fucking bad. Oh yeah. Um, Sonic O Six. Sonic O Six. That old chestnut. Oh God. So they'll keep going, but I think yeah, two D is just just. I think that's where Sonic belongs. And I think with all these sort of like you know like pixel revivals we're seeing at the moment, I think yeah, it's gonna happen. But yeah, I think that uh, that just about wraps it all up. Don't you think? I guess so. Yeah. Man, what a good day to be a Fire Emblem fan. Yeah, dude, you've had a, you've had a good one today. Oh, man. Now all I, I need am... is a Metroid to back it up. Yeah. And I'll be happy. And I'll be, yes. and I'll be like, I'll be so full that I won't need anything else. I'll be just, I'll be happy. It'll be, uh, it'll be, oh, I think that you'll, you'll explode that day. It's like spontaneously <sighs> combust the day that happens. Probably, but so... I'll have to try and find a way to, Reform so I can actually play the damn games. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll build you back, Karen. We have the technology. Um, Do you? Yeah, it was the I'm Lazarus not, I'm Project. I'm not convinced. Lazarus Project, man. It's oh, fine. God damn it. Um, awesome. All right, do you, want to, uh, do you want to wrap this bad boy up, Karen? Sure thing. Uh, as always, we are Dialogue Options. Thank you for listening. If you are curious and keeping up to date with us, we are on the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Dialogue Options. You can throw us a bit of a like on Facebook, where you can also find us under Dialogue Options. If you want to reach out to us at all, and you don't want to use those because, I don't know, 
people see those and you prefer to be a bit more private, you can always <laughs> drop us an email, dialogueoptions at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, if you care what we're doing individually, I'm on Twitter at LemonManX, and I think lately I'm just talking about Switch and Fire Emblem. No surprises there. And getting replies from Retro Studios. They, they like me, man, okay? They oh, won't cool. tell me their secrets, though. They follow they, me, they and they won't tell me their secrets. Amazing response from them, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was an amazing gif. Uh, and as for you, Joel, where can I find you? You can find me at Mac. You need to you need to tweet more, man. I know. I really do. You gotta, I'm you trying. Gotta... <laughs> I'm doing sort of some sort of things. I was posting about watching Mandatory Update the other day, and Ian Hink liked my tweet. That was kind of cool. He's a cool dude. I like, I like cool Ian Hink. I do like Ian Hink a lot. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we'll just let our wonderful theme song, Strike Witches Get Bitches by Azure Flux, take us out. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs>